It's really great to be here. My goodness, feels like forever, but it's been since December of last year. So I think I played three gigs this year, mostly fill-ins, because um, I've been on sabbatical, kind of a forced sabbatical, a planned forced sabbatical. I had planned a sabbatical that was starting to be infringed upon by the fact that I love what I do for my work. Um, and then I developed a, an issue with my voice. So the universe had big plans for me to stop working, <laughs> even though I was resisting. So um, I love the words. Uh, today, today we're going to talk about being gratitude and becoming grateful, which has been a practice for me that has really changed my life pretty dramatically. So I love how the words thankfulness and gratefulness and thankful and grateful and appreciation, appreciation, they all define each other. If you look in Webster's, it says, thankful, expressing gratitude and relief, and earnest and thankful prayer. If you look up grateful, it says, feeling or showing an appreci appreciation of kindness, thankful. So these are pretty powerful words that, uh, and very powerful emotions and feelings, and extremely powerful way of being. Gratitude is such an important emotion, a, a reaction, a way of being that um, if we really embrace it, it can change our lives very dramatically. When I've come to realize that it's more than just a concept or a word, it's actually a way of living, it's really changed things for, for, for me. So I've been on sabbatical since January, and I had this huge list of things that had been building up over 44 years of not taking any time off. So I was really looking forward to getting to some of these things and finishing some of these things on my list. And as the months started to move in, I think by about March, I hadn't ticked one thing off my list. And so this kind of frustration and, and um, anger, I would have to say, started to come up for me because I was slogging through all of these things that I didn't really want to do, but that it piled up, and I wasn't getting to the really want to do list. And at one point, I got so frustrated that I had to sit with this feeling. And I, and I realized that there were a few things on that list that I actually had ticked off. And I had actually taken care of a lot of business that I hadn't even intended to address or hadn't thought I would need to address. And so I moved from this frustrated point of overwhelm to maybe I should just look at what I have actually accomplished and be grateful that I got that much done. And that shifted everything for me immediately. The, oh, wow, some stuff actually did get done. And, and maybe that was important. Maybe I needed to clear some of this garbage and baggage out of the way so I could get to the things that bring me joy. And then I started to get excited about the whole concept of staying in gratitude and looking forward instead of back at all the stuff that wasn't getting done. And it's really life-changing when we allow ourselves to do that shift. Ernest Holmes said, we can even read this together, there is something in this attitude of thanksgiving that carries us beyond the field of doubt into one of perfect faith and acceptance, receptivity, realization, 
Appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving, the motive power which attracts and magnifies the hidden potentialities of life. So here's our founder and teacher, Ernest, teaching us that appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving are key components to getting to this motive power of finding and embracing and experiencing the hidden potentialities of our lives. So this attitude can carry us over some really difficult experiences. Um, being thankful for everything and anything, even the kind of stuff that comes up that are those lessons that when we're in them, we just think it's pure hell. But when we look back at them, we recognize that we learned a valuable tool or a practice that, is a, that comes in really handy, ongoing in, in future situations. So I love that he says this motive power that attracts and magnifies the hidden potentialities of life. So I'd imagine we all know people or have been that person who got stuck in a really negative kind of lack consciousness. I know I have been that person many times in my life. I forget. I just forget to shift to what's going right here, and I stay in the poop. Sorry, <laughs> I have grandchildren. <laughs> so have you noticed that when either yourself or someone around you, maybe a, a colleague, or in my case it would be one of my musician friends, stays in a negative place, that that's exactly what they continue to attract into their life, is more lack consciousness, more negative energy, more not so fun people to work with. So again, it's the law of attraction. What we put out, what, where we sit energetically is what we attract to ourselves. So as some of you know, I have experienced tremendous personal loss. I have a very large circle of friends. And as the clock is ticking, I'll be having my Carrie Gets Medicare party this summer, that the, that the time seems to move more and more quickly. So for my own survival through some of these losses and just through the experience of being a human being alive on this planet, I've had to develop some practices. And one of the simplest exercises that I do is every morning that I wake up, before I get out of bed, before I do anything, I express gratitude that I got to wake up, that I get another breath. Because this is a, this is a privilege that's been denied so many people that I love dearly. It's a very stark reminder for me and a very powerful one. Often when people, you know, you're in the grocery store and the checker says, oh, how are you doing? I say, grateful to be alive. And usually I'll get a few chuckles and sometimes somebody behind me in life will go, wow, you know, that's really a good point. I never thought about that. But I mean, I joke and I say, yeah, my bar's, my bar's pretty low. I'm grateful I woke up alive this morning. But when you have so many people that you love who didn't, it really changes your perspective and it doesn't take much to get to that place of gratitude, at least not for me. 
So with all that's going on globally, from the fires, to the mass shootings, to the flooding, to this incredible political divisiveness that we're experiencing in our country, sometimes I feel extremely overwhelmed. Am I the only one? I didn't think so. Because there's so much that seems wrong. And I think that these are the times when I make a conscious effort, and I would encourage all of you to do the same, to sit down for just a minute and think about what's right with this world. What's going well in your life? What's going well in people you care about's lives? Go on Facebook and see some of these amazing stories about restaurants that have signs up that say, whoever was digging in the dumpster, please just come in, we'll give you a meal. That's a basic human right. People who have created rolling showers that go into homeless communities and allow people to take showers. It doesn't take much to move from overwhelm, this is awful, to gosh, there's some really creative, innovative things happening in this world. People are doing good things. So one of the little practices that I have developed is I have a gratitude box. Does anybody else have a gratitude box or a jar? Oh, only one person, oh good, okay. Great, so it started as an empty pickle jar and it went on the kitchen counter because that's something I see. And I don't even remember where I heard it, it might have been actually at one of the churches I did the music for and the minister might have mentioned it. But I started with a pickle jar and anytime something good would happen, like I, I, I kind of inherited my sister's kids, um, she had been estranged from her family. They were 15 and 17, and they didn't like us because my sister didn't like us. And so as I worked to develop a relationship with these kids who basically became my kids when my sister died suddenly of a brain aneurysm, anytime something went well with them, I would write, uh, Kelly responded today, and I'd put it in my, in my grateful jar. Or if I would hear from an old friend, I would put it in my grateful jar. Or if my husband complimented me on the dinner, I would put it in just any little thing. And I started training myself. And pretty soon the jar overflowed. And then for Christmas, my niece, because I kept being grateful, it's amazing how that energy shifted the relationship. She's now my daughter. She would have been here this morning with me, except for she caught a cold. Some of you knew me when I was going through the taking down the bricks and, and building the bridge where the wall had been. It was quite a practice for me. And every little increment of progress between her and me and her brother and me became a very precious point of gratitude. So for Christmas, she actually got me a box. And it is now a big box. I mean, my little pickle jar went to this box that's about this big that sits on my shelf and it's overflowing. So I highly recommend creating a pickle jar or a gratitude box, or if you don't have room, even a gratitude journal where every day you train yourself to write down a few things that you're grateful for, even if it's just that you woke up this morning. So I put um, every little thing, and, and at first I recommend that you do this daily either when you first get up in the morning or before you go to bed at night, you write down something. And I used to just do it on scraps of paper, which is so cool. Um, I even print out loving emails 
I put cards when people send me a card to thank me for something that I've done, I'll, I'll put a card in. And then <clears throat> when things get really crummy, I'll take the box out and I'll shuffle through it and I'll just pull out a handful of things and read them. And you would be amazed at how powerfully this shifts you. It'll bring you back to that moment. When you revisit this, it becomes a very powerful part of how you show up. So am um, I the only one when, when uh, we were growing up that was forced to write thank you notes? <laughs> to grandma and grandpa and auntie and uncle. And my parents went so far as to, we had to make these little pieces of paper that said, thank you for the treat, you are very sweet, that when we got a trick-or-treating candy, we had to give them a... So I guess maybe some of this was ingrained pretty early on for me. But I'm sure I ignored it. In fact, I can remember a real big wake-up call for me was uh, my first husband pointed out to me at some point, you know, you never say thank you. And I, and I kind of remember thinking about that and going, huh, am I still resenting those little thank you notes I had to get as a kid? But one thing that I have learned is the energy that you express gratitude with the sincerity, where it's connected in you, is really, really monumentally important in having it work for you. Sincerely expressing gratitude from your heart makes all the difference. These kind of begrudgingly obligatory thank yous, they don't work so good. That's not the energy we really want to be putting out. So now when I write a thank you note, I, am very, I very carefully pick the card. I think I personally am keeping Hallmark in business these days. So that the sentiment that I'm expressing in that card, or I, if there isn't one that works, I buy a blank card that has a picture that I think the person would appreciate. And it's amazing to me. I get emails, I get phone calls from people thanking me and telling me how much that meant to them which of course makes me feel great and just continues this growth of this positive experience. So reaching out or sending an email or a note can be very healing, not only for ourselves, but for the receiver. It's nice to know that this kind of energy works beautifully in both directions. The other thing that I think a lot of us get kind of sloppy about is expressing to the people that we love that we appreciate them. My husband blew the roof off and swept the pathway for me because I host a women's circle monthly and he knew it was going to happen over the weekend and he umpires, he does travel ball, so he's gone. And that he did that without me asking him because he knew that was important. I like how the house looks. I don't want anybody slipping in the redwood stuff that comes down. That I, I really made a point to thank him, to, to point out to him. And it's just amazing how he lit up. These are simple things that we just forget. We get so busy in our lives that we forget to reach out and just let somebody know that their kindness meant something. So... Finding thankfulness for even the smallest and simplest things can be really powerful. How about the smell of the air or the feel after it rains? How about 
the smell of clean sheets and how wonderful they feel when you climb in that first time. We dry ours out in the line, and so they have that nice kind of crispy, fresh smell. How about the sunshine? Especially here in Monterey, I hear you don't get that much. <laughs> or a rainbow. I, I, sometimes I think I'm the only one who pulls over the side of the freeway and takes a picture, or I confess sometimes, keeps driving and takes a picture of a rainbow, because that's a gift, and we forget. How about for the beauty that's all around us or the people that we love that are around us? How about for our family? Or in my case, perhaps sometimes that I survived my family. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one that has that. And how about for our friends? So I would like you to read this quote together while I go over there to sing a song for you. So... Not what we say.
Thank you. So let's all read this one together. Not what we say about our blessings, but how we use them is the true measure of our thanksgiving. Think about that while I have a little sip. It's not talking about it. It's showing up as it. I mean, am I the only person who knows people who do a lot of verbiage, but there isn't much that backs that up? I don't want to be that person. I'm sure I've been that person. But that's somebody I want to leave far, far behind. I want to be the one that shows up. So we have a pretty, pretty close community out in Boulder Creek where I live. And um, I host, as I mentioned earlier, I host uh, Gather the Women's Circle. It's a global sisterhood matrix. It was very interesting. Yesterday there was um, just women that I know. There was one in Germany, one in Buenos Aires, one in South Dakota, one in Ohio, and one in Chicago that were all hap happening yesterday which is a really cool thing. That, that kind of makes you feel good that, you know, there's really only one of us here and how connected we are. So I started hosting mine probably about seven or eight years ago. And there's, we have from sometimes four up to 15 people. And there are six of us who live in the hood that are really close. We walk together, we meet often. And when one of the women announced at Circle about two months ago that she was having hip replacement, and that she was really afraid. We all said, you don't have to be afraid. We're, we'll be there for you. Well, she had a mom that was never really able to be there for her. So I'm not sure that she really quite believed us, but she trusted. That's a really important element. So when she went to see the doctor, and the doctor was insisting that, because she's a single woman and she lives alone, that she would have to go into a rehab facility for at least a week or so, because she's alone. She came back to Circle after her appointment, and she said, and I stood up in that office and I said, you are so wrong. I'm getting a shower stool from Deborah. I'm getting a walker from Janice. Uh, Lee's bringing me to the appointment. Janet's picking me up. Carrie's organizing everybody's phone numbers. Um, I've got every, I am so not alone. I have this amazing sisterhood. Oh my God, all of us at Circle were crying. So she's mending well. She's on week two. Um, she, we are, we've, we're doing everything for her. And the tears come so easily. The tears of gratitude, which of course makes all of us cry too because we have created a, a, net, a net, a loving net for somebody. So she, uh, we do everything. We pitch in for cooking, cleaning, transportation, shopping. Um, somebody goes in the morning to put on her compression stockings. Somebody goes in the evening to take off her compression stockings. And she is a fiercely independent woman. So watching her be humbled, truly, not only by the experience of having to go through having you know, such a major surgery, but that people showed up for her. And it's been so sweet because um, the two of us were walking by and I got the alert for PG&E. They, they were gonna shut off the power the next day. And of course, I, I told Lee, she's 
of course, has a power wall and solar, so she doesn't care. But uh, I thought, oh, what are we going to do about Chris? She doesn't have a generator. So I said, well, she has a wood burner. So we immediately turned into her driveway. We knocked on the door, opened the door, and said, we're going to stack your firewood, and one of us will get a fire going tomorrow for you. And she had her physical therapist there. And she told us later that the PT and her visiting nurse have said, well, everybody always offers to help, but your people are actually showing up. They had never seen anything like it. And that, talk about feeling grateful. Not just that I'm able to do this, but we've created a community of people that will show up for each other. I'm so deeply grateful. And we all pat, Chris will always go, I'm doing pretty good. I think I deserve a pat on the head. So she gets, we each pat her on the head. And so our women's group bought her a tiara <laughs> because she's now the princess, because she has learned to receive. Am I the only one that that's really hard for? Yeah. So I could give a whole talk on that, but I'm not going to. So obviously, seeing her sincere gratitude toward us makes us all feel so grateful for her example of being gracious, of showing appreciation, of accepting what we're willing to give, which is, which is, as I said, another whole lesson. When we resist someone's kindness, we're denying them that wonderful feeling of giving. So what a beautiful reciprocal experience we're all having. And I, I am so deeply grateful. And I'm so grateful that I, my voice is working, that I can be here to see all of these beautiful faces. So we're going to read one more. I'm going to sing a song, and then I'm just going to say a little thing at the end after we read one more quote, and then there will not be another song. We'll go to whatever's next in the service. Okay? <laughs> all right, all together now. Grateful 
quote together. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. So being in a state of gratitude for the simplest things can really be life-changing. If we can unhook from the circumstances of our lives and begin to see our lives as a gift in every moment, it'll change things dramatically. Thanks so much for having me. Namaste.